Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Cherie Nicole. I'm so glad you guys are hanging out with me once again. And season two has gotten off to a great start. So I'm really, really excited about all the amazing people I will get an opportunity to chat with this season. I want to thank you for your continued support, for downloading, for sharing, for liking, for subscribing. It all matters. And before I get into this interview and let you guys take a listen, I want to leave you with just a thought. So the guest today is Kim Whitley. And interestingly enough, I met Kim Whitley many years ago, maybe about five or so, uh, when I was a producer on News One Now with Roland Martin. And the first time I met Kim Whitley was actually at her house. (laughs) We were covering the 2014 NAACP Image Awards, and we did a shoot at her home. And I remember her being so kind and so witty and so accommodating, and that always left an impression with me. And anytime after that that I would see her on a carpet or we'd have to do a shoot with her, it was the same. Which leads me to my point about consistency. Consistency and being kind. I don't think Kim Whitley was being kind because she was trying to be kind. I think Kim Whitley was being kind because she is just a kind person. And when you offer consistent kindness to people, it makes you unforgettable. And it's also why I'm so excited about the uncensored episode that was done so beautifully about her life and in the ways that she shared. And as you guys listen to this interview, I want you to think about that. Consistent kindness and what ultimately that has meant for her career and her life. She's been through a lot, as you'll hear, but um, God has certainly been faithful in her life. So here's my interview that I did with Kim Whitley right before her Uncensored aired on TV One. So I was, you know, I was watching your your Uncensored and just so beautifully done and, you know, your level of transparency, but also your wit in in this particular piece is just, I, I was just captivated by it. But I was also captivated by one thing that you said, and you said, if I can get people to laugh, I can get them to learn which I thought was very compelling, but I also want to take it a step further. What has your own laughter taught you? So you couldn't have sent that question ahead of time? <laughs> so I could have been brilliant I just, in my I just thought about it this morning. I just thought about it this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That's a fantastic question. And I don't think I've ever been asked that question. As many interviews that I've done in my lifetime. What a great question. And what my laughter has taught uh, me is that it's infectious. If you laugh with people, they will laugh also. No matter what the situation is, if you bring in light into the situation, it just makes for a, a better world. Laughter is infectious and my laughter my, my job that God has given me not only is to raise my son Joshua, but is to bring light to the world. And yeah. I think that's what it's taught me. And I was, I was um, so, so enamored by, you know, your family roots. And I didn't know, you know, that about you, how, you know, parents were together and, you know, married for, I believe you said 57 years. And uh-huh. you, know, you just come from this really solid you know, familiar kind of background, which really to me in, in what you expressed in the Uncensored kind of helped you move forward and, and really chase your dreams. It was a source of motivation for you. 
And in doing that, you know, you mentioned your relationship with Marla Gibbs and just me as a black woman in this industry, you know, I've had mentors as well. And you kind of run up against, you know, resistance from certain people who might not feel like you should be where you are at the time or what have you. So what do you think is the importance, you know, when we think about Marla Gibbs and the level of mentorship that she provided for you, what do you think is the importance of black women really being that bridge and that and that sounding board and that mentor for other black women in this space? Well, I, I think it's getting better. I look at the new generation that's come up and what's happening in the world. Uh, we've been crabs in the barrel, but I look at that, that is also outside forces mm-hmm. that sometimes make you feel that way. There's no opportunities, but now uh, we are bringing each other up. You know, even uh, the way um, we have different outlets and, and, and different black women taking charge and we had a, a, a black uh, a first lady. I think what has happened is that we all are feeling like we're back in the village. And yeah. when you're in the village, everybody takes care of each other. So I think it's very important that, um, because what God gives you is yours. Um, I had to learn that, but younger, you know, in the career, you're cautious and watching and and not as giving. Um, well, one thing, I, for whatever reason, um, I always felt like what is mine is mine. Mm-hmm. Now you might be hurt. I'm not saying that you will be hurt like if you don't get a certain thing, but you have to know that everything is for a reason. And you didn't get that part because of this, or you're gonna be doing that or, or whatever it is. So I think once we take away the jealousy and do your work, you do the work. Do I wanna be Oprah Winfrey? Absolutely. Am I jealous of Oprah Winfrey? Absolutely not. If I wanna be Oprah Winfrey, I need to do the work that Oprah Winfrey has done. Mm. That's what you have to do. Do the work. If you wanna be in that person's place or you wanna be like them or you feel like you gotta be better than them, then do the work to get there. I like that. Speaking of doing the work, uh, Arsenio Hall, I thought that was a cool story. You were his assistant for, for a little yes. bit, for a little short time. And uh, he fired you because you wasn't doing, you, it was a moment in time when you were not doing your work. Um, can, can, you, can you speak to like, you know, you also said that was one of the best things that could have ever happened to you at that time. So when yeah. we talk about sometimes those letdowns, those disappointments or not getting the gig or somebody firing you, like, how, how, how would you describe that as really your source or at the time even, how was that like your source of, yo, I know he told me, I know Arsenio Hall gave me the boot, but I'm about to go and turn up now. Yes, yes, because I learned a lot from Arsenio. I learned a lot from just being behind the scenes. Yeah. And one thing I knew for sure was that I wanted to be where Arsenio was. And that's what we have to remember. We have to do the grunt work. I had to get down in the dirt, but as you're in the dirt, you're learning because if you just come out and you're there, you have none of these little, you know, the little, little secrets and the little things that you can do and the tricks that you learn in the business. So watching him, I was like, oh, that's how you do that. Oh, you do this before that. Boom. That's how you speak to people. Okay. He's polite. Okay. He's taking care of his business watching what is like he was never mean to me um but watching him and 
when I got fired, I was hurt. But two things that it does, it gives you the motivation to say, I'm going to show you, number mm -hmm. one. It gives you the motivation to say, oh, God closed that door, but he opened that window over there. Mm -hmm. And when you're in it, you don't see it. Until you can step out and look back and say, oh, there it is. There it is. So what I have learned from that and from these experiences in life is that when I'm in it, don't be upset that you're in it. Relish in the time that you're going to look back and say, I see, I see why. Okay, got you. And even I should have been fired. Uh, absolutely was uh, clowning. Um, and he should have fired me. But what was really great about that is when Arsenio brought his show back and he got it back on the air. Yeah. He, he invited me back to sit on the couch. Wow. That's what made it so tight. I was like, wow, Arsenio, I used to, you know, damn near clean your drawers. <laughs> and, you know, now I'm here, you know, as a guest. Wow. Yeah. That's when you can look back at your journey and say, I did the work. Well, speaking of looking, I, I need to know what, what made you talk, talk about Marlon Wayans, your experience in seeing Marlon Wayans man print. I don't even know how to say this um, in a censored way. Did you way. say man print? Man print. I'm, try <laughs> I'm trying to say this in, in the most politically correct way I can. What, like, I mean, cause I know you're sitting in the chair and uncensored, it's all about, you know, just being transparent and all, but really in that moment, what made you say, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and tell this, tell this story. I enjoyed the story by the way, but what in that moment was like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna share this. <laughs> Okay. Um, all right. I did mess up. I, okay. You know, cause John Murray, <laughs> shout out to John. And, and what happens is you get comfortable talking to your friend and that maybe John shouldn't have been interviewing me because you sitting there chit chat and Marlon. And I think the story came up that Marlon Wayans was one of my favorite shows. I did the Wayans brothers. Out of all my career, that is one that I had so much fun on. I didn't know them that well. But after that, what I tell you, that family cracks me up. And we did that show. And I got to play a part that was so crazy. And I had to tell the story about Marlon Wayans because just as dumb as a, because Marlon played too much. So I thought he was in one of them. I'm a play. Watch me trigger. And he was sitting there. And I was like, ha, ha, I see it. Real funny. Everybody's looking at me like, what are you talking about? That's what made it crazy. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh, that's not a joke. Girl, it was horrible. I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. So uh, yeah, yeah. That's Marlon Wayans. He gonna kill me. Marlon, I'm so sorry. I'm so or maybe sorry. not, maybe not. Shout out to Marlon Wayans. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my I, I got to also, you know, talk about your, your love story with Gerald Levert, because I just found it to be so endearing. And oftentimes, you know, sometimes people think about love and it's this Cinderella ending and, oh, he swept me off my feet. But just the way that you speak of you all's friendship and how that was really the core of the love that you have for each other, you know, how important or how did that particular relationship really help anchor you as a woman as you moved through the industry? Wow, because I knew like he was a couple steps ahead of me. Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say that. 
Um, so he had already been in the industry um, and already out there. So I could watch him and I, you know, you, you, you listen to your friends who've already been there. My dream was to come to Hollywood. He had already been to Hollywood a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, I think our friendship because, you know, it, because it was a friendship and we were, we were so young. Um, I, I think that's what you don't think you're young when you're young, when, you, when you're young, mm. you think you're grown and you know yeah. everything. And, but Joshua, I mean, Joshua, Lord have mercy, my son, uh, just came in, but it's adorable, um, by the way, thank you. But, you know, Gerald had his daddy, you know, and had the OJ. So he had some people who had already been in the industry and he grew up through this. So he knew all this. This was mysterious to me. This was all in my head, what I wanted to do. Um, so I love that. I had been through all Gerald's girlfriends. And not through him, but like I knew him. I saw him come and I saw him go. Yeah. And Gerald would always talk to me about each one. So there was never, um, there was never a, um, how you say, of course, there was some jealousy when he got engaged. I was like, really? That's what you're going to do? Right. <laughs> but I knew that our friendship and our love would never stop. It didn't matter. I just wanted him to be happy. I, I got a really good close uh, relationship with his sister, Shanquetta. Um, so, and I knew the family. So, you know, it, it was that, I think, you know, it is a, a really, without me giving away the whole story, yeah. but you see the journey. He was with me. He's the one that brought me to LA. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, and when he went through his trials and whatever he went through and got, you know, went through the girlfriend and different babies and stuff and he was like hey Kim you know you know we get a certain age we're gonna get married because yeah. that's what friends do but I was like I ain't got nobody either even though I was engaged seven times but that's a whole nother uncensored <laughs> honey. that is a whole nother uncensored and um so we had made a pack and and we were friends and and his death even though I make light of it on uncensored his death devastated me mm. um that it really, because in life, especially when you're younger, you, you think you got forever. Yeah. You, you think, oh, you know, it, it, he'll be around, he'll be around. We got tomorrow, we got the next year, whatever. Gerald could have gotten married and divorced twice. And I still would have been like, hey, <laughs> when are we gonna get married? You know, it's still, <laughs> I'm sorry, it was that kind of thing. So, I think, and that's the first time I publicly talked about Gerald like this. Yeah. People have always asked, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's still not everything. And, and I just don't think a show has enough time to get right. everything. So I just want to give a peek into our relationship because the world thinks they know and everyone else thinks, oh no, I'm the one, I'm the one. And they could have been the one, but this is my story. This yeah. is my truth. So there, there that is. I have one more question about this and then I'm going to move away from it. But I do want to ask you, what's the most, if you would be willing to share, what's the most impactful thing that he ever said to you? <laughs> wow. The most impactful thing. Wow. Um, 
Gerald said a lot, but I'm personally, he, he made me understand, I think early on, he, he said something that I did say on Uncensored is some of the, I can't say certain things he said because it was, it was crazy, it would hurt people, but he told me, which I didn't understand in the beginning, but now I understand it because where I am. And, and on Uncensored, I say it, but I didn't get to explain it. So people might be like, huh? Mm -hmm. When he, he went out, he said, Kim, there can only be one star in this family. Yeah. And he was already on the road. I was like, huh, you tripping. I'm going to be a star. I'm going out to LA. I'm going to make it. I'm a this and that. And as I got older, I said, oh, Gerald needed a wife. Hmm. That's what he needed. I didn't know what that was. I'm, I'm his boy. I'm his girl. I'm working too. I was so career driven. But when he said that, and I look back on it, I said, you're damn right. I get it. He needed to be able to come home off the road and someone take. Gerald would be here today if he had a wife. Hmm. He would be here today if he had a wife and that's what he needed he needed to come home someone take care of the babies take care of him make sure he's straight and to love on him and take care of him so I say that was impactful because it made me look at as a woman I know we say we can have it all but can we can we that is the question wow thank you for sharing that and to that first point, time, first time I, I, I appreciate that because, you know, I, I'm a millennial, I'm 35 and I often very career driven. And, and I really identify with that part of the uncensored when you talked about that, because it's like you keep going, you keep going, and you look up and it's like, wait a minute, where's the husband? Where is, where's the kid? I still want that. But it's, where, where is it? Lord, what are you right. doing? Um, yeah. And so you do wonder that. And that's why I was so taken by when you talked about the situation when, when, when Joshua, you know, with your son was introduced mm -hmm. into your life and your mother was like, what are you doing? You're 97. You don't have any kids. You have a husband. What you mean? You don't want this. Like, why are you even questioning being a mom to this, to this child? And so with that said, you know, you know, I follow your social media and I've, I've watched, you know, your relationship with him blossom, him grow into this, you know, handsome, young, dapper, young man, super smart, charismatic, mm -hmm. you know, and we think about that, you know, in, in moving forward in life, and talking about kind of what motherhood has really brought to your life. Where do you see yourself when we talk about having it all? You know, where do you see that for yourself now that Joshua is such a, now that you're a mom and still have the amazing career that you have? What I do now is I put my son first. Um, I have an amazing uh, team around me and my team knows, you know, Siobhan, you've talked to her. She will remind me. Um, she's a, a woman of faith and not of this industry, really. But that, you know, what about Joshua? You know, I have Nikki, I have Erlene, I have women. It's really the women that say to me, hey, hey, are you sure you're going to uh, go to Albuquerque and film that for a month? Uh, mm. You got Joshua. And it's not that they're like, we, we, you, you can't go and just go. You either got to come back every weekend or you got to take him with him, with you, put him in school. Um, you really, you want to play that part? You're going to play a prostitute again? That's what you're going to do? Mm. Joshua's getting of age. Watch that interview. You, 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 you got to 
So it has, because I, I was a wild child. Uh, and that's as a comedian, I would say anything, I would do anything. I was just crazy, um, but crazy funny. I never wanted to hurt anybody, nothing like that. I wasn't that kind of comedian. Yeah. Um, but uh, my son has grounded me and really shown me what is important uh, in life. And, and, and that's why I thank my mother that she saw that, that come on, mm. this business is his business. And then we can go right back to Gerald LaVert. That's why he said, he was like, hey, we're going to get married when we're 50. Mm. Like, we're going to run the streets. Me and you going to have fun. We're going to run the streets. You date who you want to date. I'm going to date who I want to date. And I'll see you at see the you. 5 yeah. And we dapped on it. We was like, right. <laughs> I love it. Right. Because mm. we were going to figure that out. You got a house. I got a house. We still going to be, you know, and maybe I'll calm down by then. That's what he thought. Um. <laughs> But I think once we were mature, and I think that's when your parents say certain things, is that we have to look at our parents as our crystal ball. Hmm. That's what no one told me. We always like, we listen to our parents, but then we're like, mm, yeah, I don't know what to tell but I'm grown, I'm gonna do. No, our parents might've come up during a different time, but they came up. They, certain things they could tell you, hey, you might not wanna go hundred miles on the freeway, certain hmm. reasons. You know, they know something. We, you don't, no, nah, maybe, no, nah, drugs ain't good. Well, how you know? You ain't never done drugs. Trust, mm. I've lived in this world, I've seen enough stories. I got friends that died. Whatever their thing is, yeah. they are your crystal ball. And I wish I would have listened to my parents even earlier. One thing my dad told me as a young kid, and I didn't listen. He said, Kim, you need to read out loud 30 minutes a day. Hmm. Huh? Never did it. Didn't know I was going to be an actress. That skill set that I would have now, baby, I would have been able to, to throw it out there. I would have been able to throw out any lines, any words. I could have done CNN. I could do it. The exercise of the mouth and the brain from a child reading 30 minutes aloud every day. He told me every day. Never did. He must have known I'm going to be an actress. I didn't know. So that's why I, I try to tell people, really listen to your parents. And Kim, I can't thank you enough for just sharing and sharing your heart with me during this conversation. And I also want to ask you, what else do you have going on that people need to tap into? Oh, I wanted everybody to make sure they watch and listen to my podcast with Sherry Shepard, Two Funny Mamas. Uh, comes out every Thursday, uh, wherever your podcasts are. You can listen to it or you can watch it on YouTube. Uh, Two Funny Mamas. Uh, we have a good time. And of course, of course, of course, I must ask you the coveted question. How can people keep up with you on social media? That's right. And you can follow me across the board on all social media platforms. Kim Whitley, K-Y-M, and then Whitley, W-H-I-T-L-E-Y. Kim Whitley, I just want to thank you once again for your transparency. Anytime I've been in your presence, it has been the same. Very, very gracious very, very kind and extremely funny. So I just, I wish you nothing but the best, you and Joshua, and just continue to blaze the trail that you have because uh, you got a lot of us watching and, and being inspired. So I appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you, Sheree. I appreciate you. And what I'm saying, good luck to you. What a wonderful interviewer. Thank I'm going to tell John myself, you got some skills. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening. This is Just a Thought, hosted and produced by yours truly, Sharina Cole, in association with Sharina Cole Media and the Say It Loud Podcast Network. 
Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio.com. And make sure that you subscribe, share, and rate us. And also, tell a friend. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter, same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole, S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L-E. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.